Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. So, Derek, we will start the show out with a remembrance. Uh, yes. We are drinking a beer this evening called Superdank Osborne, because Bob Einstein, who portrayed one of my most favorite characters, Super Dave Osborne, has passed away. Yes. So, here's to Super Dave Osborne. Cheers. Cheers. The first time I ever saw him was the Bizarre Show. Yes. Um, yeah, it was one. It was so bad. It was funny. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's uh, what Super Dave Osborne, and then the record the the reporter Mike Mike Walden. Yeah. And Fuji, whose name changed every single yeah. time they said every his time name. they said his last name, it always changed. Yeah. So um, I didn't realize it though, but Bob Einstein, who played Super Dave, his brother is Albert Brooks. Who's uh You mentioned that uh, before. I don't know who that is. Yeah, he's a comedian, actor. He's wrote a couple uh, of shows, uh, movies and stuff like that. What did he write? He's been on The Simpsons. He uh, broadcast news and Drive. Finding Nemo, he played Marlin. Oh, okay. Finding Dory. He's been in The Simpsons. Oh, I see his face here on the on Google. Yeah, I, I know yeah. who that is. Yeah, so Lost in America. He wrote and directed that. Uh, Modern Romance, I don't know that one. But uh, Lost in America, what that one was, I'm trying to remember what that one was. Sounds familiar. I'm thinking, no, I'm thinking Lost in Translation with uh, Bill Murray. Oh, okay. Anyway, Super Dave Osborne has passed, and uh, I used to have a t-shirt that said, uh, I think I broke my brain, and there was a picture of Super Dave. <laughs> okay, yeah. It was just something about his, his, his little skit there mm-hmm. on... On Bizarre, the giant... But he had his first appearance on the John Biner show back in 71. Yeah, yes. Yep. Is it 71? I don't know. It was a long time ago. 72. He was with the... Sm- he he wrote for the Smothers Brothers mm-hmm. comedy hour. Like, yep. I mean, that's, uh, that's before time my ago. time, even. Yeah. With, uh, Steve Martin yeah. was a writer for that show as well and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. He was uh, he was on uh, Late Night with David Letterman. Yes. He was yep. on there, there yep. a lot. And... Uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah, one of those guys that just been around forever, and you never know where they came from. But mm-hmm. he was funny. So yeah, so, yeah. so the uh, the beer is a it's called Super Dank Osborne. It's a black IPA. It's by Chronicle Brewing in Bowmanville, Ontario. Yeah, it's not too shabby. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all when we we're talking about this, this led us to the question of Darth Vader. Don't ask how, but these are how our conversations <laughs> go when the record button well, yeah. is not oh, yeah. pressed. We, we were sampling it and you says, well, how does Darth, Darth drink Vader beer? can't drink a beer? <laughs> he actually has never been able to drink a beer. And I was thinking he has a straw in his finger like Mork from Ork. And then we're saying there's got to be some sort of tube. So I Googled it. And according to Google, Darth Vader cannot eat normally because he has been injured so badly. Instead, his life support armor feeds nutrients, fluids, directly into his body. In his private chamber, Vader can remove his helmet and use a feeding tube. So basically, he's got a straw that he can drink a beer, but he's never actually held a pint glass and drank from it. Clearly, we get sidetracked. Easily. (laughs) Easily. So here's to Darth Vader. Sorry you couldn't drink one. Cheers. So what are we going to talk about this week? You got anything to talk about? Uh, All right, show's over. <laughs> uh, not really much. I, I, I am getting ready for uh, a wee bit of a hike down uh, in the Adirondacks uh, this weekend, so I'm looking forward to that. Well, that's right. You're away this weekend, aren't yep. you? Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I mm-hmm. guess you're not invited to my party. <laughs> okay, I'm not having a party. That's it? That's all that's happening? Well, you know, same stuff, normal stuff. Like the kids are finally healthy again after being sick all. Oh, Christmas that's right. You had the and... uh, the plague going through your house. Yeah, yeah. I we, thought we I, I thought I was work. getting it this week, guys, but uh, it just went away. Yeah, we have it going through work. Like yeah. our our work is is two buildings. We have a, a digital building and a screen building with some digital in it and that. And I walked over yesterday, and it was like, where is everybody? <laughs> is, is there a meeting I'm missing? <laughs> no, like half the people were sick. Wow. I didn't know if it was the Labatt's Blues that they had or, <laughs> yeah. or what the deal was, you know. <laughs> Friday, I was, it was the, the Globes, the Globe. Oh, the Golden Globes. Golden yeah. Globes, yeah. that's it. Maybe they're all just a, a Golden Globe after party or something. Nah, Golden Globes ain't that, aren't that big. <laughs> eh, if and while I was drinking, I'm sure some of these people will. <laughs> I suppose. So, yeah, I thought it was going to uh, 
hit the other side of the building, but it hasn't yet. So hopefully, yeah, we're we're good. Apparently, it's nasty. A couple of people have had it at work. My kids were down for the count. Yeah, like I like they slept twenty four hours. The kids. Like, Kids well, do that. No. Oh wait, you don't have teenagers yet. No, no they're not teenagers. <laughs> they're at, at their age. They uh, they're running around like they're bouncing off walls. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, it's been pretty. I've just been doing a lot of cleanup around here. Been go go go, and things build up. So there's uh, some things on the honey do list that got to get done. Got to do some cleaning. I'm gonna be doing that again this weekend. I mean, you can look around me here. There's a ton of stuff that needs to be cleaned. So I'm getting to the point where I've. I know what needs going and what needs not going. And I'm just yes. going to get garbage bags and start turfing. There's not going to be any, I, I'm a bit of a hoarder that way with the, yeah. with the paperwork and stuff. You know, oh yeah, I got these bills. These are all my, my water bills. And these are all my I'm electrical the bills. Same way. It's like, you know I've what? got to start shredding. Yeah. And that's, that's what this weekend's going to be is all that sort of just get rid of it. I got so much yeah. stuff piled up that. Gotta go. Out the door it went. So. Anyway, on with the show. We got a couple things today that we are going to start with a listener message we got this week. Oh yes, this is what I want to talk about because we've talked about other stuff. You know, we have, we we have topics that go on, and we discussed this ages ago, two and a half years ago. Okay. So he turned around and, and asked us. So Michael Nichols out in BC was is listening. Uh, he says. So I discovered your podcast a couple months ago and have been listening to each new broadcast as well as working my way up from the first. Today I got to number 27 from August 2016. That was so long ago. Oh my God, that was so long ago, eh? So five weeks from today, five weeks from today will be three years we've been doing this podcast. Yes. Yep. Okay. And you were wondering... And talking Wait, about what starting our third year, or not three whole years. We've done three whole years. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Up to twenty seven August twenty sixteen. So we started February twenty sixteen. Yeah. So we'll be starting our third year. Sorry. Hmm. So we've done whole, two whole years. Time flies when you have fun. Is that it? That's well, no, just no. two years. February it's twenty twenty nineteen. It's not twenty eighteen anymore. Yeah. So 2016 to 2017 to 2018. Three years. Three years already. Holy cow. My God, we can't math. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just, I'm in disbelief is what it is. eh? Our our mathemication sucks. (laughs) So yeah, so three years. In in five weeks, we'll be doing this for for three years. That's astounding. Isn't it though? So he says, uh, you were wondering and talking about what makes people take their passion for paddling to the next level. You mentioned a number of individuals, including Jeff of Jeff's Maps, who's now Jeff of Unlostify. Yep. I began to chuckle, thinking how you had to look no farther than over your beer at each other, (laughs) having completed six months of your show. Now you have surpassed over 150 shows, three years as of February 16th. So, gentlemen, what made you take your passion for paddling to the next level? Cheers. So let's answer this question, and it's going to be a (laughs) long answer. Because you know what that we do, we 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 focus a lot of on other people and what other people are doing and what other things are going on and stuff like that. So if if you haven't listened way back, we've we've talked about it before. Um, Derek and I used to be part of a group called Algonquin Backcountry Recreationalists, and we were dealing with the folks at Algonquin Provincial Park on behalf of canoe trippers and yes. people recreationalists yep. that use the backcountry. And we weren't political or anything that we, you know, we, we bring our concerns to them, which is, I know when, uh, when, uh, John Winter was superintendent, he yep. liked the, the, our approach yep. that we would just go, you know what, here's what we, we notice, here's what we recommend. We were non-confrontational and yep. we pointed out certain rules and regulations and we were encouraging them to follow their own rules. Yeah. But and it's because we're non-confrontational. We we're easy to work with. Yeah. There, there right? are groups out there that are very... Yeah. very confrontational yeah. you know they're demanding logging be out of the, out of the park and they're yeah, demanding this demanding that and we we know we didn't demand which is why i think they liked working with us yeah uh during that time i was asked to do or sorry volunteered to do an interview yes. on the radio um outdoor journal with angelo viola yes and about what we do and all that sort of stuff and the Algonquin land claim that's, 
you know, covers all of Algonquin Park, all that sort of stuff. So I went on, I ch chatted with them for, I guess it was probably a good 15 minutes or so, and uh, answered all their questions, the whole deal. Have a nice day. Time went on. Barry gives me a shout. He was, Barry Bridgeford uh, was the uh, the head of this this uh, Algonquin backcountry yeah. recreationalist group. He calls up and says, I got a phone call from Reno Viola being Angelo's brother. Anybody from, especially Ontario, that are into fishing knew Reno and Angelo. And they were big 90s, Big Fish in Canada in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Big Fish Canada, Reno yeah, We grew up watching Viola. them. We grew up watching them. Real fishing with Reno yeah. Viola. Yeah. So one, he was looking for somebody to start a show on canoe, canoeing. Yeah. Because he was starting a online radio station. So not one that you could, you know, turn your truck radio on and spin the dial and find. But if you had internet, Bluetooth, whatever, yep. you could, you can listen to it. Uh, it was an online radio station. He was lining up all these radio stations for the outdoors. So he was swinging through town. I met up with him and, which was cool because, you know, I, I was watched this guy on TV yeah, exactly. and here I'm at a restaurant sitting across from him, having yeah. a chit chat with him. And, uh, he's, I, I'm saying, you know what, like, to do an hour radio show once a week on canoe tripping. Yeah. Number one, I don't think there's enough just on canoe tripping alone. Exactly. I think we need to broaden it to all types of, of paddling and get in more things than just canoe tripping. Uh, so I went to the drawing board and threw a whole bunch of deals to get, uh, ideas together. You came on board. We started hashing stuff out. We went to him and said, here's our idea. They were looking for shows that weren't hunting and fishing and had Canadian content. Yeah. They had lots of, they had tons of hunting and, yeah. and fishing uh, uh, podcast. Like, we wouldn't really call it a podcast. It was a radio episode. Yeah. They, yeah. They weren't, they weren't podcasts. They were weekly shows. Yeah. So uh, they had lots of them. And yeah. they had RVing and airplanes and you motorcycling. They didn't have yeah. anything to do with paddling, paddling at all. So we started Paddling Adventures Radio. It's a show, a weekly show every Wednesday. We would we hand in our show and they'd play it four times on Wednesday and uh, four o'clock in the morning Sundays. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you know that's when everybody's exactly. up. Exactly. Four o'clock Sunday morning, we're up and we're moving. So we went on there for a year and then uh, they said, you know what, it's just not going the way we wanted to, so we're closing down the radio station. Yeah, they shut right down. And I said, well, you know what? Because when you're dealing with an hour show, you've mm -hmm. got your commercials, you've got your time limit. It can't yep. be any more than this. It's got to be at least this, this long and, and whatnot. So we said, you know what? If we're not doing a radio show, we turn it into a podcast and release it, you know. Along we, we pick the same a date. timeline. Yeah, along the same timeline sort of deal. Yeah. We'll do a weekly show, but it can be as long or as short as we want. It can contain whatever mm -hmm. we want. Uh, of course, going along the same paddling theme. Exactly. You know, cover all aspects of paddling and same paddling theme, the same yeah. the same format. And and I think uh, I, a couple of people asked me like, how did we come out of the gate with a set format? Well, it's because of Reno you know, Viola's online radio station that we were we were tied to a fifty two minute timeline. Mm -hmm. We had some commercials. We had so there was a, a specific. Uh, format and we've kept mostly that format I think after we left Reno Viola or after Reno Viola closed down his radio station for a short time we kind of we kind of got loosey-goosey with the time like uh, well our 100th episode with Kevin Callum is what, what did it <laughs> uh, we kept to our 52 minutes a week yep. show and then we did the hour sum with Kevin Callum yeah. for our 100th episode and ever since then, it was at time was we try to keep it to an hour. Yeah, but yeah. Mike ranted was two and a half hours. Yes, <laughs> yeah. just some people you, you can't keep it. Well, too. exactly. It's you either do like three episodes on the individual, or yeah. you just do one big special. And the one big special, and and like we even talked about it, it's like, hey, well, you know, like CBC does like these two hour long specials and and big shows. They have like a big season ender that's two hours long. Well, okay, well we can do that. Yeah, so that's what we did. Uh, but yeah, because we had talked about, do we split the show into two? Yeah. Um, or do we just do one big one? And we did, ah, screw it. Let's just do one big one. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's what we did. That's worked out. You know? So, and after that, it was just, okay, well, let's just keep this going. And, and 
it really, when we went, when we left, when the radio station closed and we went to a podcast, to me, it was a big freeing freedom thing. Yes. It's like, oh, well, you've got everything in place now. You're doing this. You're in the swing of doing it. Well, now we've got all this freedom. We're not, we're not under the thumb of the man anymore. <laughs> you know, uh, we didn't, we didn't have to, like if we had to submit our shows on Fridays mm-hmm. to play the following Wednesday. There was this well, time now, delay. Yeah. And now we're like well, live there, live. There's these, like there was Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. There was four days that stuff could happen. Exactly. That we couldn't talk about on Wednesday's show. Exactly. Because you didn't know those what four was days would be on the following week's show. Yeah, which kind of, but so now if there's stuff happening Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we can be more timely. You know, we can we can report on those, record it went Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, whichever night we record to release Thursdays, mm-hmm. and that's what we do. We except for the end of the <laughs> end of last year. Yeah, uh, that's the first time I think we've never um, dropped a show on on a Thursday. It had to be the Friday, just because yes. of the way just, yeah, holidays, just because the holiday worked out. holidays fell. But yeah, you know what? We've, we've set the rule that we like to release it before 9 a.m. every Thursday. And yeah. we've we've been doing that ever since. That's a freedom on our side. And like I say, if something's happening the Tuesday, then we put off recording till Wednesday mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. So there's more freedom that way. And what's nice is and what I often struggled with was... Uh, We'd be recording an episode when we were on uh, the radio station. And uh, so we'd have to have it submitted by Friday and then it wouldn't play to the next week. And if so, if we were going to talk about an event that was going on the weekend, it's like, well, we can't really like, hey, great event. It worked out well. And then by the time it aired on Wednesday, it'd be like, oh, those guys are making fun of all those people that died and drowned. (laughs) (laughs) I guess they didn't get the news about that tornado that ripped through. (laughs) Exactly. The event was actually canceled. Yeah. It was a great event. Uh, Okay. So we had to delay a lot of the stuff we talk about. Yeah, and it, it was a bit of a hassle, but uh, we—I mean, we worked around it. It was what it was. You, you do that, but you know what? It gave us a good start on on the podcast. Yes, uh, yeah. like I say, a lot of freedom now. But you know, it, it's just after that, it was like I say when, when we started doing it, it was just researching the subjects from you know the ordinary to the not yeah. so ordinary, right? Just finding stuff and that sort of thing. And it was like, okay, well, I didn't really look at it as taking my passion for paddling to the next level at this point. Yes. We're just doing a show, right? And then you start talking to the people you meet on the water and the different events and you're meeting people. And you get invited out to things. You and- do. And it really keeps it interesting talking to all these different people and you're learning stuff all the time. And then, you know, when you, I like to say that, you know, I'm, I'm just a regular canoe tripper. But now, as I look back over the last couple of years, since, you know, we, we've just become the podcast, mm-hmm. I think we've become, both of us have become more than just regular canoe trippers. Yeah. We're more well-rounded. Like, and, I'll, and that's not just from the beer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say this right off the bat. I am not an expert in anything I do or anything I talk about. We do as much research as we can. And we, we give the non-experts view of paddling and what's goes on out there. And I think that's one of the reasons why if we're successful is because we don't say that we're the experts. We, we know we're not. We, we interview the experts. We talk to the experts, but we're, we're just a couple of bumbling fools. We're getting out there, enjoying ourselves, having fun and, and happy to be part of the community. Well, you got to remember, we're the guys that reported on the crotch pot. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. We forgot about the crotch pot. We yes. never did get one, did no, we? No, we never died. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, you know, I, like. Every, every, there's a couple of people out there going, what are they talking about? Go crotch through our previ- previous episodes. You'll see crotch pot. It'll be probably episode between 60 and 90 or something. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it's around the 50 to 60. Yeah, yeah, that was one of our earlier episodes. (laughs) But since we started doing the podcast and all that, really taking off, like I say, once we became a podcast, I think that's when we really took off. Uh, You know, we got beyond the canoe tripping part of it. Yes. Got into the kayaking. I now got two kayaks in my garage. (laughs) I bet you never thought you'd have a kayak I never thought I'd have a kayak. (laughs) I, I don't know if you remember the days, but we used to go kayaking. (laughs) <laughs> now it's like oh this is fun yeah you know stand up paddle boarding we both went stand up in november for crying out yeah loud. i know we went pa- stand up paddle boarding 
we've interviewed and met people we probably wouldn't have exactly if it wasn't for the show you and, know and, and you, we just keep building and building and building on all that sort of stuff and reaching out we've met like people like kevin callen the happy camper mike ranta and spitzy you know they paddled across canada yeah jim baird from exactly, alone yeah uh i still haven't met ted no brother. i've never met him either met ted camper christina camper christina david lee the passionate paddler yes the camping family Cliff Jacobson, Gary and Joni McGuffin, Hap Wilson, musicians Jerry Vandiver and Dave Hadfield. I still haven't met Jerry Vandiver. I've met him once. <laughs> Dave Dave Hadfield um, performed after I gave my Woodland Caribou oh, talk. Oh, okay. At the, so you saw him perform. Yeah, yeah. Dave Hadfield's the brother of? Chris Hadfield, commander Canadian. of the ISS. Yeah, Canada's astronaut, baby. Yep. So that's as close as I got to space was his brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and so many other people that we've met since starting doing this. And, and it, it's really cool because just just gets you out there and, and wanting to learn more and talk more and gain more information. And, and you know, y- your passion really comes out at that point. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, we've, we've talked and even met paddlers from all over the world. And we've had listeners drive quite the distance to see us. Yeah, just to. Yukon <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Uh, yeah. You know, that, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, just to, again, sit down with other people that have the same passion, just sit there and just talk paddling. Yes. Yeah. You know, talk, talking canoeing, talking tripping, mm-hmm. talking kayaking, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Just sit down with these people and talk. We've become sponsors of the Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium. We've had, uh, hosted the Paddling Film Fest the last couple of years. Uh, we did the weekly phone call with John Van Berger while he was doing yeah. the Yukon journey. Yeah. I would never have even thought of doing anything like that before. And, and now because of him, our family is growing. He's going to become our foreign correspondent. He's good. Yes. He's going to be doing uh, uh, stuff to, down through the States for us yeah. now. And we're going to have him up there. So it's like, yeah, you know what? We, you, you ask what made us take our passion for paddling to the next level. I don't think it was conscious it was conscious wasn't intentional it It just happened it it, it was somebody just organic you sounded good on the radio yeah do you want we both have the face for radio you got the face (laughs) for radio you got the voice for it do you want to start up a show and i'm just like oh man really like i don't have any of the gear or anything like that and came up with an idea for it and like i say that our very first interview we did at the canadian canoe museum yeah, it was brutal. <laughs> you know what? The questions were great. The interview was great. I mean, Kevin Callum was 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 on the show. We had all great, but we were brand new to recording and stuff like that from from the yeah. podcast sort of deal. So you could tell we were in the big space. And, yeah, because you so could hear people the back. Quality there and, was a little bit off. Yeah, and, but you know what? I'm thinking. Hopefully, it's only gotten better over time. Yes, you know. Uh, now we sit here. They got a. We got a mixer board. We got recorders. We got laptops. We got microphones on. Yeah. Booms and and we got beer and, and a table and chairs and you know <laughs> <laughs> everything's portable that we can yeah. take places that sort of yeah. stuff. So yeah, it, it really wasn't a, um, a conscious decision. But you know what? With all of this, you know our our passions just keep building and and we're learning new experiences. And like Derek went out and learned whitewater canoeing, and that yep. led him to. Yeah. To uh, uh, the I, Des Moines River. Yeah, the, the Burt Reynolds first annual uh, Whitewater River Whitewater Run. Whitewater River Run. <laughs> you know, and when, when you go to these events and you start talking to like-minded people with this passion for the outdoors, the excitement, I mean, you just start talking and talking and, and everybody just builds and just it just builds and, and the excitement is contagious and the passion itself is contagious. Yeah. And you get this group of people just boom, 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 talking, talking, mm-hmm. all paddling. And you, you leave that and you're just like, oh, that's just, just yeah. awesome. It's become you know? a, a fun hobby. It's a, it's a pleasure doing this. And by far, we're not making any money on this. Yeah, <laughs> not yet, not yet. No. Uh, but and as they say, you know, one thing leads to another, which leads to another and so on and so on and so on. And the next thing you know, you're, you're canoe pulling down the speed river. <laughs> yeah. Well, with a group of guys you've only met a couple of times. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and, and everyone's having a blast. And this is, I think this is what it's all about. And again, it it goes and goes and goes. And for me personally, um, all this, what makes me, if you're, if you're asking it, this is what makes me take my passion to the next level is meeting all the people, 
doing the research yeah. and finding out this weird stuff and saying, I'm going to go try that. Uh, kayaking down sand dunes this year. Exactly. That's going to be fun. I mean, who does that? Yeah. Well, apparently we're going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. just that sort of thing. It's, it's take your passion and, and, and it just meeting everybody, the, the people, the experiences, the fun, the adventure, trying new things you never thought you would. That just takes your passion. And, that, and that's sort of, for yeah. me, what this show has done. Yeah. And that's that's how I, it, we're taking it. That I find I'm very fortunate to have been a part of this. It's really expanded my horizons. You're just lucky I haven't fired you yet. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to fire me. <laughs> no, that's why I haven't fired you. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's it's been really cool to be doing this. Uh, hundred episode, hundred and fifty two this week, uh, two thousand nineteen. I thought, you know, I ah, will do this for a year, whatever. A year, maybe, see how it works. Hit the brick sort of thing, yeah. but like I say, one I, th- I think once the radio sh- program shut down mm-hmm. and we turned it to a podcast, it, um, yeah, it changed. It, it, it really did change. Things. It became more flexible. It was less regimented, and and we changed. Like I remember the first, I don't know, maybe the first forty episodes we did, we struggled for content. We mm-hmm. struggled for conversation, and some of the co- topics that we covered in the first couple dozen episodes. We could now do two-hour episodes on, but then it was like, oh, my God, yeah. we're not going to get 52 minutes out of this, right? Well, and that's exactly it. And you were stuck. Everything had to be regimented. Now yes. it's just yeah. like, okay, you know what? Whatever. Yeah, it's more relaxing. It's as more long fun. as we don't swear, we're good. Talk yeah, about exactly. whatever we want. Yeah. Well, we're talking about Darth Vader and beer tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, our only guideline is we try to keep it clean and Clean and, and fun. Geared, geared towards paddling. Yeah, non-political. Non-political. Yeah, that sort of stuff. So... So yeah, we've come a long way from staring at each other over the top of our, our beer glasses and yeah. we've experienced a lot of things over the last few years and I'm really excited to see where, you know, where this passion for paddling takes yeah. us over the next Absolutely. next one, especially now we've got people asking to be on our show. Yeah. And, and like, that's I, awesome. I got another email today, that's incredible. today saying, hey, I'm going out and doing this trip and, you know, I've done other trips like that. I'd love to yeah. ch- chat about them sort of things. So. And we love hearing from people like that. So Michael Nichols from BC, thanks for your message on yes. Facebook. Yes, uh, this, you know, like I say, we talk about other people, but uh, you want to know where, you know, what made us take our passion for paddling to the next level, and well, that's pretty much it. It wasn't I really. Hope, hopefully, we answered your question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what made it? Yeah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so yeah, if you guys have any other questions, stuff like that, uh, drop us a line, Facebook or emails and, and that sort of stuff. Go to our paddlingadventuresradio.com site. There's a, a contact thing there. And uh, for all those people that want to want to do courtesy blogs for us involving cryptocurrency, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, for the, the realtors out there trying to say, hey, let's link up. No, I've got a house. Uh, These yeah. are just some of the emails we get. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I could do uh, filter them out. Yeah, but, ah, everybody's got an angle. Every, yeah, everybody's got an angle. So, so you know what? That's where. Yeah, we're we're just taking our passion for paddling to the uh, the next level with this this is podcast, and uh, it's just going up and up and building, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. <laughs> Lots of cheers and beer tonight. <laughs> so let's take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk bugs. Hi, this is Dark Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. Welcome back. So, Derek, earlier in the week, you sent me this little article uh, that you came across. Yeah, it was. It's uh, 
I came across the article and it, it I found a I found a couple other references to it, uh, Scientific American and and stuff like that, and uh, they're they're talking about a now I, I I don't know how serious it is. I don't know. I'm not an expert on the subject. I just play one on the internet, but uh, um, they're talking about now, and there's a few studies out. They're talking about declining insect populations worldwide. Yeah, the one that you sent me, the article you sent me, said new generations may not even know, but older people will surely remember that up until 20 years ago, any car trip meant a windshield covered in dead insects smashed by the impact. Yes. Nowadays, that doesn't happen so much, which <clears throat> I see where they're going with this article, but I have to call BS on that one because I drove across Canada last year <laughs> and I had an absolutely wonderful collection of bugs and butterflies and yes beetles and mosquitoes and flies but i i recall like now the, then again the i rec my memories are, are growing up in new brunswick and i'm currently in ontario but i remember uh so i and i've done trips in new brunswick recently but it's it just trips back to visit my parents and stuff right but i remember the the like the front grill and the front bumper and the headlights they're just furry with, with uh bug wings and stuff yeah and uh it, it's not so much like that anymore yeah no it definitely definitely is not like it used to be yeah there's still tons oh yeah but but yeah but it's not absolutely like you're not taking a squeegee and scraping it off yes. like <laughs> you know a thick paste yes exactly know? yeah um yeah, as, now, as they, they go on to say that, you know, this may sound like it's great news because, you know, all the bugs are... Yeah, you know, and a lot of people are, are would mistakenly say, thank God there's less bugs. I can go camping easier. I'm not going to be harassed as much, right? I think the only bugs that I think most campers would be very... Two sets of bugs, the black flies and mosquitoes. I think if they could just disappear from the planet, <laughs> I don't think people would have yeah. a problem with the rest of them. <laughs> mosquitoes and black, well, and uh, the, the deer flies around your ankles. Well, the deer flies, you can handle those. They're not as pervasive, but like the little midges and the black flies and the mosquitoes that, you know, I can think of many, many a trip where as dusk hits, everybody runs to the tent and waits it out for about 45 minutes until it cools off and then they hightailed it into the bush and and you're good to come back out and light a fire and whatever right yeah so if if i could avoid and what this is why i like winter camping it's no bugs <laughs> yes there's no bugs but you gotta watch out for snow snakes <laughs> okay <laughs> we, we went uh late season camping with my grandfather one year and it snowed overnight okay and he goes, oh, if you're going out, watch out for snow snakes. Because <laughs> he knows I don't like snakes. I says, <laughs> We also, that's the trip we also learned about catching snipe in a can. Snipe? Yeah, it's a little bird. Oh. You bang the back of the can and go, snipe, 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 snipe. And the little bird's supposed to run it. It's no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I think my grandfather was an ass sometimes. Great joke for, yeah. <laughs> great joke to play yeah. on the kids. Yeah, it was great when I was a kid, but now I'm just thinking, you were an ass. <laughs> <laughs> so this this article that you sent me, it really plays up. It, now it was linked to another book thing that I'm not even, we're not even going to get into. No. Um, but it, the it goes Scientific off these... American article and and stuff like that, just the premise. I think we can, yeah, basically the premise we can uh, we can talk about. So scientists are associating this dr dramatic decline in insect populations with industrial agricultural practices, especially habitat destruction and pesticide use. Yes, this decline, besides being a tragedy by itself, also affects the whole terrestrial ecosystem, such as birds, reptiles, and amphibians' diet pollination, etc. So yeah, the, the more bugs die, the worse it is for the environment. And some of them are actually calling it an insect Armageddon. Yeah. And they're saying the insect population may be foreshadowing the collapse of ecosystems. Mm -hmm. Because when you think about it, um, birds, or uh, sorry, bees pollinate, and that's that's been huge. Over the last few years, right? And, and, and there's there's great concern about it. It's not just bees that pollinate. It tends to be a variety of insects that do pollination. But oh, yeah. Bees have, they do the, the lion's share of the work, right? Yeah. 
so the concern is with all the pesticides we're doing we're using and and all the the clearing of of uh, land and everybody strives to get rid of as much standing water as possible and so the the insect populations do from anything i can see i have are in decline yeah now i know at least four people that are farming yeah bee bee colonies now Oh, okay. What is that? Far- it's not farming. It's... Uh, it's... Uh, That's type farming. We'll call it farming. Whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I know at least four people that are, are raising bee colonies now because they know, well, this is sort of happening and, you know, especially when you're talking about the bees so much over the last few years. So, we always talk about the top of the food chain. You know, like, oh, look who's at the... We're at the top of the food chain. You got sharks that are top of the food chain and these birds at the top of the food chain and these animals are at the top of the food chain. But what about the bottom of the food chain? Exactly. That's that's where the... And it's really hard to appreciate because you see bugs are so small, right? You don't yeah. really think about it. But there's so many of them that there's this massive quantity, weight, tonnage. Yeah. Uh, you lose those little fellas at the bottom and you got the trickle up effect. Exactly. Everybody talks about the yeah, tri- trickle down. Yeah, it's the reverse. Yeah, it's the reverse. You got the trickle up of, uh, effect. Yeah. You know, now, like I say, we drove across Canada last year and had quite the collection of bugs, but, and some people are saying the reason you're not getting the bugs on your windshield anymore is because the way they build cars these days are more <laughs> <Yeah>. aerodynamic. <laughs> so the bugs just blow sure. over. Yeah. You know what? If that's true, then why isn't the rain exactly. and the snow exactly. and the dirt and all that yeah. doing the same sort of thing? Because, you know, dust and grime yeah. is, is not as heavy as a bug. So it's, it should be shooting right over the top so as well. So the tiny little mist droplets of rain should never touch your windshield. Exactly. So in my opinion, <laughs> I, 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 I don't buy that. Yeah. So now now you think about a day of paddling. Okay, and this, this is why I'm thinking about this when, when you sent yep. me this article. I'm thinking if, if you're out there, if you picture you're paddling, you're paddling through shore or you're, you know, you're back country and you're going through a marshy area or something like that. There's flies, bees, mosquitoes, butterflies, horseflies, horseflies, ants, ladybugs. In the evening, you get the fireflies. And, you know, you get along the lily pads, you get the beetles and dragonflies, cicadas, crickets, mayflies, caddisflies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A billion and one different types of bugs. Take all those bugs away. So all of a sudden, you don't hear the humming. <laughs> there's none yep. of the none of the yep. slapping precisely you know from the mosquitoes but if you take all those bugs away you got the fish you got the frogs you got the small birds which when you're paddling you're, you see a fish come to the surface whatever you see the frogs yeah you see the birds chirping oh, exactly. and sipping around all those bugs are gone well, the, the fish, the, the frogs, and the little birds eat these bugs. They're, that is a huge food source for all of those creatures. They're gone. These birds, yeah. fish, and frogs die because they so got you'll nothing see, to eat. Obviously, like there's still something edible, but you're going to see massive declining con- uh, populations of like frogs and fish and snakes and yeah. you know all this stuff. Right? All the things, that, like imagine bats. Bats rely solely on, um, on mosquitoes. Yeah. Right? So the all these little things, you know, like you say, the small birds, the frogs and the fish. Well, if they die off, the bigger birds, the snakes, all that stuff that eat these small ones. Now, all of a sudden they starve and they die off. Yes. That's the trickle up. Everything starts at the bottom. Everything dies at the bottom, works its way up until the guys at the top of the food chain have nothing left to eat. You end up with. Mass extinction. Population. Well, you're going to end up with the mass extinction. You're going to end up with uh, mainly herbivores remaining, right? And even then, you're going to have issues because a lot of the uh, the, the plants and flora and fauna... Pollination. Would, pollination is... Re- Bugs are gone. Yeah. So it, it's... Uh, you don't really appreciate the fact of how important insects are because they're a pain in the butt, right? You, you don't want them around. You kind of worse for a personal shield to keep them away from you and, mm-hmm. but uh yeah these they're they're so important to the the ecosystem and and there's honestly there's currently there's evidence that the, the there's declining populations of insects mosquitoes and whatnot well when you're getting big article like magazines and that like scientific america and they're yeah. starting to to worry about it then you know there's something going on yeah right? yeah so 
you know, so imagine all that happens. And I'm looking at this from a paddler's point of view. All of a sudden you got no bugs. So there's no wildlife. And because there's no bugs, there's no pollination. So you got no plant life. Yeah. So you're out there paddling one day. There's no plant life, no wildlife. Yeah. Nothing. There's a, just, there's yeah, it's a rocky a shoreline and water. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure even still, I mean, trees along the shore stop erosion. Yep. Right. So that's and going it, to totally change the landscape. Of course, there's going to be other types of flora and fauna that, that will take in and, and fill those gaps in. Like, because not all trees require pollination, right? Mm-hmm. Like maple trees and, and, you know, walnut and whatever they, they, they can do without, but what you're going to see is, uh, you're going to see a loss of, uh, with uh, falling onto the insect populations, you're going to see a follow up of the, of the lower levels of, uh, of the ecosystem of, uh, fish and frogs and whatnot. Yeah. And then that's going to cascade upwards and, and you're going to see a lot of the, uh, the trees that rely heavily on, on the, uh, on, you know, the fertilization by the insects and pollination. And it's, it's, it's this cascading upwards effect of the loss of that lower level that the, 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 the huge food source for a lot of, uh, animals and flora and fauna. It's, it's just, it's incredible that to think about the, the effects of this, right? And yeah. I don't know that we actually have the ability to make a change on, on this. Well, I'm going to say one thing I saw when I, I, when we did a couple of the Algonquin Park, uh, trails, you get those little booklets. Yes. And one of them talks about, I think they called it biomass. Yeah. Yes. And they collect, okay, like all the humans together equals this much mm-hmm. biomass, all the mammals, this much, all the amphibians, this much. And then you get these little like bugs and all that, the small stuff. And it's like massive compared to everything else. Yes. Yeah, you get you get a small little bug, but you when you get have a million of them, millions of them. A, a key example, right? I think. Have you ever seen the display in the Algonquin Visitor Center? And it's a display. It shows pictures of different creatures in Algonquin, and each each of the like, for example, a mouse or yep. a bear. So they show them by mass or size or whatever in the ecosystem per square kilometer. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. And so you're, there's, there's small bears because there's basically one bear per square kilometer or like, I think half a bear per square kilometer type thing. Which would be odd walking through the woods. You know what I mean? Yes, you're right. So, so, but you, the, 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 the image of the mouse is huge mouse, right? Yeah. And the images of, of like mosquitoes and stuff are massive because just by, by sheer weight and tonnage, it's like these, the smaller populations of, uh, of earthworms and mice and, and whatever far outweighs what we typically see when, like you go on a, on a a canoe trip through Algonquin Park, you, you, you're going to see some, you'd be lucky to see a deer at at this phase of the growth, Mm -hmm. but you're going to see lots of moose. You're going to see, you know, lots of birds and, but you're, you're, you'd be hard pressed to ever come across a bear, but they kind of avoid you, but they're also few and far between. But uh, it's just think about the uh, the massive presence of insects and mosquitoes and and that source of food for like uh, birds, bats, and so and many mice and fish and snakes and all that stuff, right? It's it it it's a huge effect on uh, on the uh, on the populations. It and is. It's it's something that I. It's not something I had thought about until I noticed this article this week that I sent you. It's like, it was like mind blowing. It's like, I never thought of that. It's incredible. It's incredible to think about it from that point of view, because I spend most of my time wishing there was no bugs. Well. Right. And uh, which is why I, I tend to save all my camping either way early in the season, like early, early May. Or way late in the season, like uh, August, September, October, right? Well, I'm, I'm the guy that goes in June, main bug season, just to make sure the bugs are still there. <laughs> okay. I'm the guy checking it out for you. Don't worry, buddy. I got you. I got you all. Perfect. So yeah, you know what? Like, yeah, this is something to think about. It's, yeah. It's not going to happen overnight. No. You're not going to lose no. all these bugs overnight. You know, eventually exactly. there is going to be a tipping point where there's going to be no reversing. Mm-hmm. 
You know, that could be years away. It could be a couple of generations. Wait, you don't know. But what's good is that people are thinking about it. Something There's needs to start happening written. to prevent the decline of the insect populations. Mm-hmm. It needs to start now. Because yes. like I say, you lose the bottom layer and it all trickles, trickles up. up. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah, I mean, our great, great, great grandkids, you know, what, what's going to happen? Yeah. You know, you, you hear the stories. I mean, you know, all you got to do is look at the animals that disappear, the extinction, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And we've had animals extinct. I mean, great big, was it the black rhino? The great, the northern white rhino. White it, rhino. So the, there's one left in captivity, I think, that died this or last year. The last so male or something like that? The la- yeah, the last yeah. male is gone. So there's only a female left in captivity. Right. So it's like, you know, I mean, you start looking at stuff like that. Yeah. You know, you, you look at some of the... Other animals, like the dodo that was gone like hundreds of years oh, ago yeah, and stuff yeah. like it, it could happen. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it does happen. It is happening. Yeah. All these animals. So. And I think a prime example of how we, and it's just popped into my mind, prime example of how we affect the insect population is a, a co-worker of mine. Her daughter was getting married, so she was doing an outdoor wedding in her backyard. She worked for weeks getting everything all prepped, big tent, all that stuff. And uh, a day or two before the wedding, she had a company come in and they sprayed all around the entire property through the forest. Uh, So the the guy just wandered around and and he sprayed for insects and bugs and whatever. So it would would kill all the, the, a few generations. And so she said that for a couple of weeks, there's no bugs in her backyard Mm -hmm. for a couple of weeks, right? And, uh, and I had, I, at the time I thought, oh, that's fantastic. But now I'm thinking this, like, what kind of damage are you doing to the ecosystem? Like, so with her having no insects in her backyard for a couple of weeks, that means a lot of the bird populations would disperse. Yeah. Outwards, air, other areas where there's still mosquitoes. So you, you're, it was like a, an involuntary migration because they're following the where the food, the birds and animals go where the food sources right. are, right? So I'm thinking, now I'm thinking it's like, so that was a massive die off of insect population for a wedding and it was like i don't know it's, it's well think about this if they killed off all those bugs and then bugs came back two weeks later yeah how many of those bugs that were died off how many species didn't come back yes right because you don't know all the bugs that are hanging out in your backyard no, no. right how many of those bugs never made it back mm-hmm. were wiped out right there it's incredible how much damage we do to this planet sometimes. Now, I remember in the 70s, uh, on the military bases, they would have the fogger machine. Oh, okay. I don't know if anybody else had those or if it was just a military base thing or whatever. Um, the machine, the, the truck would be pulling the the big barrel around behind and be shooting out the, <laughs> okay. the fog, you know, the, the insect repellent yeah. fog or killer fog. And of course, we'd all run in it. Because, you know, that's what you did. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> that's why we all got asthma now. Yeah. And, you know, killing off all the mosquitoes and all that. They yeah. did it early in the evening when all the bugs were out and about and kill them all off and <laughs> a couple of kids, whatever. <laughs> um, but that's what that was what you did. Yeah. You know, and I think one of the big things now is, you know, they're, they're saying about the foods and all that. Well, you can't spray and you can't do that. Yet they charge you more money. For the organic stuff and all. <laughs> you know what? Don't spray my fruits and veggies. Throw them in the store at regular price or yeah. lower price. I'll buy it all day long. I'll eat a heck of a lot more of it. <laughs> you know, because you got to. <laughs> well, a lot of that a lot of that is to prevent like blemishes and, and scars <laughs> on like apples. and. But you know what? There's too many people out there. We've gotten so used to having such a pristine food in our grocery stores that... It, I, I think it would take a huge feat and effort to get people to be willing to buy the scarred apples and, oh, yeah. and uh, you know I what I mean? You know what? I don't go, ooh, you had a beautiful apple. I will eat you now. <laughs> <laughs> Come to me. <laughs> I don't care. You're an apple. Yeah. As long as I don't find half a but worm it. does in it. matter to, a, it does matter to some people, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's the it, problem. It really does. It comes down to education. Yeah. Education, buddy. So, uh, don't kill bugs. <laughs> Except mosquitoes, because we got plenty of them. Yes. So yeah, it's just just something to think about. And like I say, you you 
You, you passed me that article. I'm thinking, you know what? That's, yeah, that's definitely something to think about. Well, it's something to think about. It's something to prepare for, something to tell your children about. Maybe your children will become scientists and do more research into insect populations. And, and maybe just by being aware of this and, and being aware of, of the changing world around us that we can have future generations do better than us. Well, you know right? what? That's what we're trying to do ourselves is be better mm-hmm. than the generations before, before us, us right? exactly. And that's all, all you can hope for. So um, so we'll let that one lie. Like I said, we don't want to beat a dead horse, as it were. Or but, a dead bug. Uh, or a dead bug. Yeah, we don't, don't want to beat a dead bug. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk, before we uh, end the show, let's talk paddling events and shows. Give them a little update okay. uh, about what's coming up that you'll want to check out. So do we have any updates of this list? This is nope, our, this our, is our list, list right still now. Stands? This still stands. So paddling events and tours and shows coming up is the, uh, starting off the list is the Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show, February 22nd through 24th at the International Centre in Toronto. Uh, next up is, or actually the same weekend, is the Wilderness and Canoe Symposium, February 22nd to 23rd, also in Toronto. Then we have the Quiet Water Symposium, March 2nd at the Michigan State University in East Lansing, Michigan. Following up after that in March 8th through 10th in the Alliance Center in Madison, Wisconsin is Canoe Copia. And finally, April 13th, the Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium at the Theatre of the Arts at the University of Waterloo. There is one more episode, uh, one more thing that okay. add to that. Add please. March 19th, Tuesday, March 19th, 7 till 11. Oh, Drums yes. and flats in yes. Ajax. We will be the third time, third time, hosting the Paddling Film Festival. Uh, we will be putting uh, information up this fo- this coming week about uh, times, places, directions, tickets, all that sort of stuff. So mark Tuesday, March 19th. Uh, on your calendar, the Paddling Adventures Radio presents the Paddling Film Festival at the Drums and Flats in Ajax. And I think that's it. Excellent. All righty. Another great episode. It was, it was. Educational and fun. Educational. <laughs> so if you want to find out more about us, you can check us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are on YouTube as well. We've got some videos up there if you want to check them out. You can find our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Player FM, Google Play, and the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com. If you Google us, you'll find a heck of a lot more places where our podcast is hosted that we didn't even know about. (laughs) So I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.